Hello, listeners, and welcome. Twelve-Sided Stories presents Otherworld London, an actual play RPG podcast that uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu system. We weave macabre, gaslight-era tales of terror and suspense for your listening enjoyment. Our games are story-driven and rules-light. Now, our keeper for Otherworld London, Wes Otis. We'd like to give a very extra special shout out and thank you to our Patreon supporters, Ben Danish and Drew F. Thank you so much for all of your support. We couldn't make this show without you. So let's jump right into it by introducing our players. We'll start with Terry. Oh, hello. I'm Terry Gamble. I'll be playing Alizé Carew, a shopkeeper who's got a lot of other things going on right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Oh, my. Um, Hello, everyone. I'm Kelsey Osborne, and I will be playing Maggie Cooper. She used to be a lover, but now she's a bit of a fighter. I love how when everybody does their character names, they do it in their accent, except for me. I'm like, no, I never do it. And also, hi, I'm Mac Beauvais, and I'm playing Ethel Prendergast, who is kind of sour and bitter more so than she was before because uh, she's uh, kind of going crazy pants. And I'm Michelle Otis, and I am playing Eugenia Penbottom of the Lancashire Penbottoms. We had four endings, basically. Each one of you had your own ending. So to catch everybody up is going to be a little bit difficult. I'm going to kind of sum it up as quickly as possible. We'll start with Terry. Alizé went off to see Benny's parents. Yes, I found out that Benny is the son of a duke. Right. And he is set to inherit a lot of money and lives on an estate that's very much akin to Downton Abbey. Yes. It is gorgeous. But the little problem is that I might have gone off with some, like, antler god, you know, the night before, and... There's some problems. Yes. So, basically... (laughs) Basically, I, I, I was... On the verge of maybe eating his whole family. Yeah, you were. And, and uh, could have been a prob- problem. It might not have worked out for us. No, no, I think it might have been bad. Now, But maybe I would have had the house to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you inherit stuff in, in this <laughs> By time? eating family. No one would have noticed, I don't think. You know, The last scene was you basically, you woke up and you, you read that I somebody, read the newspaper. somebody got attacked. The paper had just come to my door and I read that someone might have gotten attacked by dogs. Right. <gasps> And I had a sinking suspicion in the bottom of my belly that (laughs) things, I might have been involved with something that wasn't great. Mayhaps. Perhaps. So that was the end of your show. Yep. Kelsey, your whole show was uh, trying to figure out the final murder. It's all about me picking up them clues. Yeah. And missing every goddamn one of them. <laughs> yeah, you it's really did. It's like the best did. detective show I've ever done. <laughs> you missed every a little single one. or something. She takes well, a big drag off her cigarette. Oh. <laughs> I see, I see right what's going on here. Literally behind me, everyone's stealing everything I own. I'm on to all of you. <laughs> 
<laughs> so basically, you find out that Fran has gone kind of nuts oh, and started man. killing people. So betrayed. And you, somebody stole your dagger, which that was a whole separate thing. Yeah. Both literally and figuratively, it hit you upside the head. Just kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It really did. Um, so basically, that the end of your show was when you got hit in the side of the head with the whatever. Yeah. And the last thing with you was blackness and heartbeat, which I was very happy with. That yeah, was, it was fun. It was. Uh, it was very dramatic. So we have to find out what what happened with you, Mac. Yes. <laughs> with your show, you. <laughs> had a ho- had this dream of this perfect life. You know, your husband was alive. Your dad wasn't a dick. Everything was good. Except it wasn't real. It wasn't real. And you woke up. Yeah. You killed Agatha. Well, I killed Agatha and then I went to Crazy Town Dreamland. Right. <laughs> and then you woke up and the, the police came in and basically took you away. And then when you were at the mental institution or the the jail or whatever bedlam bedlam yep you were in a wood bed with slats over the top nude and mabel came in and she stabbed you through the shoulder yep and all this in my blood she took a bowl of blood and said you know hey i'll thanks for this i'll see you soon uh but in a much more english and bratty way and (laughs) i'm gonna stab her in the face a lot um and that was the end of your your story Eugenia, your show was looking into what happened with Rose's husband. It was Eugenia meets Miss Marple. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you were going around and and trying to figure that out. And you found out that Mabel and Kate Plum set up some kind of ritual around the bandsaw because they knew her husband worked in a mill. And the idea was, is if he died during this ritual, they would be able to contact him or even control him. Mm. They didn't have the kind of supernatural sense that Ethel has. And they want that. That's, that's something they want really badly. And so in all of your investigation, you find out about Kate Plum and you end up encountering her and she has... Maggie's knife. Unbelievable. And she stabs you. I've never met a girl who was so rude. (laughs) (laughs) And so that was the end of your show. You were in the hospital. Your husband was with you and you guys were were talking. You're out of all of them. Yours was literally the only one that didn't have a, I wonder if she's dead or not. So that's, you know, something. But, (laughs) (laughs) but so that wraps it up. I have that going for me. (laughs) We're going to start with Maggie. Oh. <laughs> okay. Guys, oh, you, you had the know. biggest cliffhanger, Maggie. Yeah, you did. You literally did. She was like, Turns crack. out, Kelsey's dead. Anyway, here's my new character. <laughs> <laughs> and her heartbeat slowly comes to a stop. Pop. <laughs> the first thing that your senses can comprehend is blackness. You're awake, but all you see is just nothing but just solid blackness. And the room is very cold and dank. You can hear sounds of small, like, leaks and drips on the floor. You feel yourself lose consciousness, and then you wake up in this darkness again. 
and this happens for a long time. You don't know how long you're there, but you can feel that your head really hurts, but you can also smell some kind of liniment or something, like something spread on your the side of your face, like some kind of... A uh, salve of the salve kind. or something. It does not smell pretty, but you can feel it there. The next thing you notice after you've woken up a few times is that your arms, your legs are bound. Oh no. And so when you move, you can hear the creaking of the ropes. You can hear things now and you kind of you make little noises while you're up, but you then get suddenly very tired and you fall back asleep. This goes on for you're not sure how long. Then finally, you wake up for a very long time, for the longest amount, for the longest stretch that you've been awake. You notice your arms feel really sore, your wrists are very sore. And you see a light suddenly appear and it, it it's a candlelight but it's still kind of it kind of hurts your eyes a little bit because you haven't seen light in, mm-hmm. in a while and then down the steps you hear these uh, set of really heavy boots and then what sounds like a lighter set of feet coming down the stairs and towards you and finally the light comes up to your face and they set it down on this little table next to you and they light a lamp and the room illuminates, and standing there over your bed is Craggy and God one of his <laughs> and one of his and one of his uh, one of his girls. Mm. Is, oh, you're up finally. It's good to see you. Yeah, looking uh, you're looking good. Start cleaning her, and the girl produces a bucket and a sponge. And she starts cleaning you up. What the hell is this? Uh, some. Well, I'm helping you. Helping? Yes. Helping. By keeping me locked in a dark, whatever this is, basement. Oh, you won't be here for long. I got plans for what you. What exactly does that mean, Craggy? Oh, well. I'm not going to work for you, if that's what you mean. Oh, no, you're not working for me. So I'm going to have a buyer come by in just a few minutes and they're going to look you over after you're cleaned up and then you're off to America to work for somebody else. What? I don't stutter. Do I? Yeah, yeah, okay. We'll, We'll see about this. Who is this buyer? Don't worry. Just call him Mr. and you'll be fine. You'll keep that beautiful skin of yours. Your face is healing up quite nice. By the way, I bought the building across the way. There's no more rose petal. It's gone. What about the girls? Oh, they're gone too. What did you do? I didn't do anything. Well... If you hurt a single one of them, Craggy, I swear you will... He takes a rag and he puts it in your mouth. (laughs) See? It's easy to deal with you. Do I have enough motion to kick this bucket over or knock it over? You're in a bed and she's just just like, like, she's giving you a sponge bath. I didn't know if I could like, it's all, you're, you're just everything in your body is just so angry. So bad. And we'll get back to you. Okay. Okay. (laughs) She didn't even take time to warm the water. (laughs) Eugenia, you are in 
the parlor with Robert. Mother, look, I've been over the books several times. And this last few months, you've gone insane. You've spent so much money looking for these women. You've paid for one of their, their lawyers. Doesn't she have her own money? You're, you're helping a, a convicted, almost convicted killer. And the, the, this other woman that's missing? And you keep spending money. We're going to have to cut back on people. First of all, Robert, I do not like your tone. I should like it if you would speak to me in a more civilized manner. Well, I'm sorry, but the amount of pounds that you're hemorrhaging from this house is just not acceptable. And I'm trying to get through to you. Have you spoken with your father? Yes. I get nowhere with him. He's just... He's very stubborn. He loves you very much. And he's willing to spend every penny that you ask him to. Because he understands what is at stake here. Well, make me understand, because I don't want to put people out on the street because we can't afford to pay them anymore. There's nothing. There's nothing that we can... No investments, no properties, nothing. We've started selling things, of course. It's very expensive to do all the different things you've been doing. Well... I don't know what you want me to say. These women have been quite kind to me, you see. I do consider them very close. Well, you're going to have to let go of at least half of the maid staff for us to continue to live here. Half? Half. Really? Yes, half. Things haven't been going well for Father at the docks and all the stuff with Mabel's husband throwing his weight around. We have to be careful about what we're spending. You're going to have to let a few people go. I'm sorry, Mother. Well, I... I can't let go of Lucy. We've only just taken her in, and she has nowhere else to go. Well, you've got... six people... plus... the butler. Just let go three of them. Give them good references. We can give them a month's pay. Really? Three of them? Three of them, Mother. However will we do? With only three servants. (laughs) I know, Mother, but... We wouldn't even have footmen. I know. It's going to be hard. Sometimes Dad will have to dress himself. Oh, he's not going to like that. I know. He always fumbles with the buttons. It's quite difficult for him. You could help him. Do not be unseemly with me. I'm just saying you're his wife. You could help him. You know, I may be old-fashioned, but there are certain boundaries that one does not cross. Okay, Mother. You decide which three go. Fine, I'll think about it. Okay. Okay, so that's where we'll stop. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Sorry. (laughs) 
<laughs> how will you do that? How will we do it? I know. <laughs> For Only real. I don't even know how you'll do it. I honestly, I don't know. Father might have to dress himself. Do you want to buy me? <laughs> <laughs> well, we wouldn't have to pay you a monthly wage because we would have bought and paid right. for you. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it works now. <laughs> Ethel. No. <laughs> You have been through several different types of cutting-edge treatments, electrocution. Ah! Ah! Solitary. (laughs) Ice baths. Please tell me they didn't get all the way up to trepanation, though. No, they haven't done that. Okay. Your funds and assets were basically frozen during the investigation. Like my body during the ice baths. Yes. (laughs) And you haven't been able to see anybody. You haven't seen Eugenia. You haven't seen anybody. No one's been there to visit. And any time that you even ask about it, they go, well, no one's coming to see you. You're a murderess. No one's going to be by for you. But Matt I'm very progressive. It's murderer. It's for both. <laughs> yeah. I support that change. But magically, a solicitor starts helping you and says that he's been paid by a friend of yours to take care of your defense. So you're in Bedlam for about six months worth of time. And with his help, he's able to slowly unravel. They don't have a lot on you. Yes, they found the dead body there, but you were also knocked out when they found you. And his defense is is that you were defending Agatha against an intruder and you got knocked out and she got killed. And so that's the basis of his whole defense. Would you agree to that defense or would you say this is what really happened? That's a very hard question because Ethel is a murderer. He has no qualms of saying this might not be the truth, but this is what gets you off. This what this is what will free I'll you. say. <laughs> I was is, like, wait for it. <laughs> the minute I said it, I'm like, I'm uh-huh. done. So this will get you free. Well, yeah. Sorry. So <laughs> is that. Is you know, <laughs> would you let that? Uh, would you let that happen? I think, I think I would go with that defense for the sake of being able to go after Mabel and have my revenge. Now, every once in a while, orderlies will put you in a straitjacket or some kind of other restraint, and Mabel will come in, and every time she comes in. You feel this strange energy coming off of her that seems to be building. And she'll take some of your blood. She doesn't even talk to you usually. She'll just come in, take some blood, and leave. That's cool. I don't want to talk to her either. (laughs) Just go. It's fine. About six months of being in there, you finally get your court date. And you go in, and Eugenia's there in the, the gallery watching and 
your solicitor's there, and then the second, the barrister's the second lawyer. He's the actual person that argues with the court. At the very end, the judge says, I want you to know that this case is one of those strange cases where there's a lot of uh, evidence saying that someone broke in, and there's evidence that's saying that you did this. But you're lucky, you're well-connected, and you've had some people really pushing for you, Miss Tillis being one of them. And you can feel her come into the room and sit down at some point. And he kind of, when he says that, he basically acknowledges her. You should have to report to somebody to make sure that you're okay, that you're still feeling normal. So I've spoken with your friend Eugenia, and she has said that you can stay with her for a little while till you get back on your feet. And I will expect never to see you in this court again, because if I do, we will have to put you away. Do you understand? I am quite competent of the situation. Okay. Then time served, and you're free to go. And so with that, he lets everybody go, and you see Mabel leave, and you two are finally reunited after about six months. Oh, Ethel. Oh, Ethel. It's been so, so terrible without you all around. How are you faring? I can't say that I am in the best shape I have been in. Uh, I hope you never have to experience what... Bedlam is like. I'm so sorry you've had to experience this, my dear. Let's let's go home. Yes, home. Maggie Cooper. Craggy's girl finishes cleaning you up, and then they dress you. He takes a, a needle and puts something in you. And he goes, "All right, this is gonna this is gonna make sure that you're not too lippy when the fire comes in." And so everything, the whole room starts going just weird. You see another man come down. He's got a top hat on and a beard and a mustache. You hear him go, Oh, she's beautiful. She's, she's very beautiful. But what happened to her face? And I guess, well, uh, she got in a bit of a row. So he, you can't really make out who this guy is. And, Craig goes, Well, you know that the deal, it's, it's 5,000 pounds and she's yours, but you, you have to take her out of here. You can't. She has to go out of the country. Oh, she'll be on a, a boat to America. We're going to be going straight from here to the dock, and uh, you'll never see her again. Perfect. That's exactly what I mean. He goes, Well, if, I have a question. If you dislike her so much, you wanted her gone. Why didn't you uh, just kill him? Well, you're going to pay me 5,000 pounds for her and get rid of her for me. So I'm a little richer, and I know she'll be suffering somewhere. If she's dead, she isn't suffering. And the girl, like, puts the, the like, like, kind of backs up just a little bit because it's it just gets colder mm -hmm. in the room. Well, that's fine. Is she going to be a problem? No, I, I put a lot of rough stuff in her. She'll be fine. Just uh, get her on the boat and tie her down. And she'll, be, she'll be fine for the trip. 
you feel him pick you up and you're just like you're trying like floating yeah can't really move yeah you're just and you feel yourself float up the stairs and then into the carriage all right terry Oh no. Alize. What's he gonna do to you? I just know it's not gonna be good. I just heard what happened to you. I know it's not gonna be good. So here we are. Yeah, thanks, Wes. Okay, great. Like, I know we'll get to you. I wasn't worried about you getting me. I mean, I was worried, but not worried about when. I was just knowing it was happening. I knew it was gonna happen. Yes. Um, You have been running with the pack for a while now. You've actually been wolf longer than you've been human over the last several months. As you do. And like your shop has been closed and locked up and you don't even have much of a remembrance of it. Uh, you just think about hunting and, and uh, living at night and, and doing whatever things wolves do. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> But this night's a little different. Mm -hmm. You're running through the alleyways as quickly as possible. And you can hear footsteps behind you. And every once in a while, a gunshot will go off. You've been separated from the pack. You are coming down towards one long alleyway. Give me a luck roll. Oh, not good. No. Not good. Not great. Um, I was trying to get 35 and we got 78. Okay. So you go (laughs) and you turn the wrong way Mm -hmm. and you come into this basically dead end and you hear the footsteps behind you and you turn around and you start growling. And suddenly this net falls on you. I'm actually going to give you a chance to jump out of its way before it hits you. Thank goodness. Okay. So go ahead and give me a roll. Dice don't fail me now. Ooh, 31. So you lunge forward, um, and between you and Freedom is this large human with a gun pointing Mm -hmm. at you. You have to, like, hit him or do something. Knock his gun out, yeah, Yeah. with hands. Um, So you're going to attack him. Mm -hmm. So let's go ahead and just use your fighting. That is 50, so let's see what we get for a roll. Seventeen. You knock him on the ground. Do you bite him at all? Um, or do you just run? I'm just going to knock him on the ground and run because I think it's not worth it to, to bite him. Okay. So you lose him mm-hmm. and then we'll come back to you. I'm always going to be faster than him if I run. Yes. So it's fine. Eugenia, you're at home anxiously awaiting for your husband to get back. And the door flies open and your husband comes in. He looks very flustered. Puts his gun down into the gun cabinet. What happened here? And then Benny comes in and goes, well, she got away. We we found her, but... Oh, I'm so sorry. We'll We'll uh, have to try again another night. Well, uh, I I think I I appreciate all your help. I I really do. I, uh, I just hope that we can get her soon. Every time we seem to get her in a corner, she, uh, uh... She gets away. I'm so sorry, Benny. I know, I know somewhere she's still thinking of you. Do you think maybe one night you could go with us? Maybe hearing your voice would help and your husband would go. I know, General, I know. But 
Perhaps. I mean, if I stood behind you, I'd be protected. <laughs> if it would help bring her in. Look, I, I don't mean to put anybody into danger, but I just was wondering, maybe think about it. So Ethel is going to, after hearing bits of conversation, step up to the, the doorway. You are trying to catch what is essentially a magical creature now, using mundane means. Do you, do you, do you know any other means that we, we can use? I do think that maybe we should investigate some other potential ways of catching her. I'm I, I'm open to I, I, anything if we can just... I just need her to get back to us. You should have saw her the last time I, I, I was with her. It was, it was horrible. She was not herself, and I, I just... I can't imagine her being out there every night... Things are changing too quickly. I will express a concern, Ethel. Um, <laughs> yes, dear, more than one concern. <laughs> I do understand she is now a magical creature. However, we've seen the effects of what dealing in magic does. And we, we wouldn't want to risk any further damage to any of ourselves. <laughs> Dear. Then continue your wolf hunts, but just know it may not be a fruitful effort. I understand. I'm just hesitant. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe something in the occult can help. Not necessarily magic, but some other... Maybe there's some weakness we don't know about that we can use. That is some smart thinking, Benny. Um, Thank you. Maybe we could do some research. Yes, let's let's at least start there. We really need to help her. Maggie, you're in this carriage. You're jostled around, and finally you fall asleep. And you wake up in a bed. And there's light streaming through the glass. And you're not bound anymore. You don't have anything in your mouth or anything around your arms. And next to you is Wilford. He goes, oh, thank God you're awake. I didn't, I didn't know what he gave you. And we were so afraid you... Wait, um, Wilford? Yes, Mom. Uh, we've been looking for you for months. And uh, we found out that through a lot of um, investigation that Craggy had you and was looking for someone to buy you. Wait, so that gentleman was... I'm, it, I'm not getting so... It was me. So... It, was, it was... I had a, must, a beard and a, a, a Oh my mustache. God, Wilford, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. It was, it was very scary for me, too. I... I'm not used to playing such characters. It was, <laughs> had to be so rude and... Oh, if you wouldn't hate it, I'd kiss you straight on the mouth. <laughs> I, I, I would completely hate it, but <laughs> I do appreciate the thought. Uh, and then uh, Rick comes in. Goes, Rick! Oh, you're awake. Yes, I carried you up the stairs. Oh, I thought everyone from the Rose Petal would have been gone. I, Most Craggy of us... made it sound like you were all dead or scattered to the wind. 
Oh, we are scattered to the wind, but uh, Eugenia uh, paid the amount for you to get out of, of uh, Craggy's basement. But she didn't want us to take you to her place until you were feeling better. Oh, where um, are we? Uh, Wilford goes, um, we're at, at my home. Um, it's a small apartment, uh, but uh, you're, you're more than welcome to stay here. We just need Thank you to... Thank you, Wilford. We need you to heal up. Uh, we didn't know whether or not we'd get you out of, out of his basement. Um, How long was I down there? Six months. Six months? Yeah. It's spring. Uh, he bought the land because there was nobody to... Nobody... Fran had all the um, oh, information. God, Fran. She took everything. She took all of the money and had left. She's just gone. I still can't believe Fran would betray all of us like that. She walked out the front door. We didn't even know you were upstairs. And then... Uh, she hit me with something. I don't know what. It was a cricket bat. We <sighs> found it laying next to you. I hate cricket. I do too. Much more of a rugby boy. Anyway. Um, we're just glad you're okay. Here, have some tea. Oh, I don't even remember the last time I've had something that wasn't some sort of musty, disgusting... Well, anyway, thank you. I have to warn you, though. I think that you're going to go through some unpleasantness as the drugs leave your system. I think he's been drugging you for a while. You might have issues. Yes, I do recall him injecting me with things. Yes. There All right. Are, there are two buckets to your left if you need them. Oh, good. Buckets. Yes. It's just what I've always wanted is buckets. <laughs> Rick comes up to your side and takes your, your hand and she goes, I'm really glad you're okay. Oh, thank you, Rick. Would you, could you stay with me? Yes, absolutely. I unfortunately have to go and let... Uh, Miss Pinbottom know that you're okay as soon as you're feeling well enough and past the issues with the drugs will then take you over to her place she is uh, uh, going to open up her home to you as soon as you're feeling better and uh, she's got a lot going on but she will come and see you as, as soon as she can what of the other ladies um we don't know what happened with Alizé yet, um, but Ethel is safe, finally. She, well, she went up for, for murder. She had a... Uh, murder? Yes. Her maid was killed, and there was a break-in, and her, her maid was killed, and they tried to pin it on Ethel, but... Um, Luckily, Eugenia was able to use her influence to get her out of the situation. I'm not sure how I'll ever be able to repay Eugenia. Well, you relax, and I'll let her know that you're, you're safe. Thank you, Wilford. Okay. And he leaves.
for the research real quick, guys, let's do a cult rolls and see what kind of for. Can't wait. Can't Ethel. wait for my first fail of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Ethel and Eugenia, give me a occult roll. Um, occult, or can I use library use? Uh, you can use the library use. Hey, actually, I got 61 under my 70. Oh, a one under my 60. Wow. Am I supposed to roll? No. Two? Okay. No, because I'm out there being crazy. You're out there being crazy. Got they're, it. They're trying to figure out how to catch you. Yeah, not going to happen. <laughs> So totally I'm going to gonna happen. <laughs> I'm totally going to ask Mac, our werewolf expert, what kind of things you guys find. And remember, she rolled a one, so you guys find a lot. Uh, I would say we find that the susceptibility to wolfsbane is more than just legend and hearsay. Not only is she going to be susceptible to wolfsbane. But on nights where the moon's pull is waning are going to be more plausible for us to be able to get her. Like, the, her strength is a little lesser at the waning moon. Okay, cool. This particular night, this is one of the few nights, because the, the moon is waxing mm-hmm. or waning, that you're not full werewolf. You're in your human form. And you're walking around the streets. You're not completely naked, but you're pretty close. I like hot. Yeah. <laughs> um, your hair is all messed up, and you're you're kind of just wind. wild in the wind. Your hit, your senses are still heightened, though. Mm-hmm. So my question, real quick, Eugenia, are, are you going to be there as well? Yes, I think if we kind of surround her with wolfsbane. Have wolf's like a like a rope of wolfsbane. Ring around the posies, but instead of posies it's wolf It's wolfsbane, yeah. Okay. Ring around the rosies. I know words. Words are good. <laughs> Don't doubt my words, words that I good. know. <laughs> <laughs> so you're walking through the streets. Yeah, and I feel amazing. I feel like I love the air on my yeah, body. It's, it's like, it's heaven. It's a beautiful July day. Oh, it feels, it feels great. I mean, it's still freezing because it's London, but you know, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like a perfect night. It's, uh, I'm enjoying the air on my body. Mm, uh, I smell. Elise. El, it, it's, it's me, Benny. I told you never to speak to me, sweetie. sweetie. Again, I, I know, but I don't think that was really you, Benny. You won't be able to handle all of me now. You won't at least give me a chance to handle you. How is it even possible? <laughs> There's got to be some way to help you. Your friends are worried about you. Now, while he's talking to her, what are you guys doing? We're closing in with the wolfsbane. I don't even know if I want to go back anymore. If I go back, I can't tell you what it's like, but it's some of the most exciting, invigorating feeling I've ever felt in my life. I, I, I can't. Not to say I didn't. But I, I, not I love you. Benny. And and you love me, and this isn't you. 
I do love you, but what I don't... about children? I, I, I can't even entertain the idea. But if you come, uh, what are they going to be? What will they be? We'll find a cure. <laughs> I doubt it. So suddenly you start feeling really weird because this. <laughs> you, you, you notice that around you suddenly you see Eugenia and you see Ethel and you see um, Eugenia's husband and Wilford and they're walking towards you with this plan. What? We're only here to help Is you. Is this an, an exorcism or something? I no. don't have a demon. No, no. What? No, <laughs> of course not, dear. Just... Just let us take you. Let us take you in. Take you. Take me where? Back to civilization. Look at you. You're, you're half naked, in the middle of London. Is that a problem for you? <sighs> Dear. <laughs> See, I. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what are you gonna do? Are you gonna? Are you um going to try to run away? Or are you going to let them take you? I'm not so sure. I like being captured. We don't have to capture you. You can walk out of here with us. Darling, I, I, I know you're in there. I'm still me, Benny. Well, then you I know. I don't know what you mean. I'm still me. Then be you and come with me. You, you, you love me. I do? Yes. I do? Yes, sweetheart. I do so, so much. And he comes closer to you <laughs> and takes you into his arms. No, no. Sweetheart, it will never work. It'll work. It and they kind of close in around you. It'll work. This is where we're going to stop this episode. What? <laughs> yeah. This is where we're going to stop the episode. Thank you guys so much. I had a lot of fun. It was really cool. Uh, real quick, let's uh, talk about Patreon real fast. Uh, by joining our Patreon, you allow us to do more. Our goal is to be able to do a weekly show, but unfortunately with all the production, the sound effects, the recording, everything else, to be able to do a weekly show, we would just have to be able to cover expenses um, because of time and effort and all that good stuff. So if you can, become a Patreon backer. You get cool things. You get mentioned on the show. Uh, you'll get your name on our website and all of that great stuff. And also... And you'll be an amazing person. You'll be an amazing person. So if you like Otherworld London and Galactic Squad Off and all the other future things we're planning, definitely join up to that. So let's do social media real quick. We'll start with Terry. Hello, um, Terry Gamble here. You can find me at the Terry Gamble. That's Terry with one R um, on all the social meds, or you can go to terrygamble.com and it'll take you to all of those things as well. Hi, everyone. Kelsey Osborne. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Kelsey Kelsum. That's K-E-L-S-E-Y-K-E-L-S-E-M. Hey, I'm Mac Beauvais, and when I am not stalking you in the dark, you can find me on social media as at Strange Like That. That will be the Facebook, the Instagram, and the Twitters. And I'm Michelle Otis, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Michulu. That's M-I-C-H-U-L-H-U. 
And I am Wes Otis. You can find me at Plate Mail Games. Our tracks can be found on Battle Bards, Drive Through RPG, and uh, you can have music and a great sound in your games as well. Just check us out, and we will talk at you very soon. Bye. <laughs>